You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the star for St. Maud, Morphid Clark. Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon everyone will see you. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little savior. Hey, I thought that was you. What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? They know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. Cause even got herself. I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. <laughs> There's my little saint. Maud, he isn't real. Nothing worthwhile comes easily. You must be the loneliest girl I've ever seen. I'm ready and open. I feel fuller of your love than ever before. Responsibility. Oh, yes, of course. This is life and death on another level. What if I'm getting it all wrong? Hi, you're listening to an episode of the Next Best Picture podcast. I have this year's breakout star of A24's horror film Saint Maud, Morvid Clark. I'm I'm sorry I didn't quite land the name, but that I hope I got excellent. close. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. So um the first thing I have to ask in general is what has it been like having kind of your big breakout year in the middle of a pandemic? Well, I have nothing to compare it to, but I'm sure it's um <laughs> it it's um it has been odd. It's kind of I think I've been experiencing stuff that even in when the world is not kind of feeling upside down and topsy turvy, it would be hard to believe. And so kind of combined with everything that's going on, it kind of often I'm like, has any of this actually happened? Is this a fever dream? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also kind of not, obviously not being able to, the film's not being able to really kind of go out in cinemas and stuff, which is kind of what you'd, your dream of a film coming out, but it has kind of come out in a time where like I myself have been like, thank God for films and TV. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so um it's kind of, I hope it's giving some people a little bit of respite in an hour and a half of horror. Yeah, yeah, you watch St. Maud to to feel yeah. better about the world out there. Um, so it's it's a character that, you know, we, we see bits and pieces about her background and her backstory throughout the film, but we don't know a lot about Maud and where she came from before. Did you and director Rose Glass kind of work together to devise a backstory for Maud, or did you just kind of 
yourself decide, I know who Maud is, and this is how I'm going to play her. Yeah, um, no, Rose didn't really, apart from what was in the script, Rose didn't um, kind of put anything on me in terms of what Maud's life had been. So there was a lot of freedom for me to kind of, yeah, imagine lots of things. And that the main thing for me was that I felt that she'd done a lot of, I felt that she'd gone through her life getting in trouble without being prepared for it. So doing things wrong without realizing. And so there was kind of like a sense of someone who was always ready to be told off. And that through that, she'd probably kind of, um, I, I have ADHD and through school, I, in my later parts of school, I was like, oh, I can just, I can just pretend to be a good student. <laughs> then I won't get told off. Wouldn't learn anything, wouldn't be paying attention to anything, but kind of would be neutral to the teachers. And I felt that more definitely I think has spent a lot of her time trying out different outfits that make the world better and easier for her. Um, and then that means that if something devastating happens, a complete personality character change is not such a leap. Um, and also spoke a lot to my family who are kind of work as doctors and nurses and very sadly realized that they all felt terribly guilty. Mm. And that just made, Maud's kind of need to cleanse and be forgiven just make perfect sense so it was those two things were like the main bits main kind of moments of oh that's who she is now uh it's it's a very physical performance so um there's a couple specific scenes there's the levitating there's the godgasms and there's the uh the I'm stepping on nails uh those three are going to stick with me so tell me a little bit about pulling off those three different very physical beats um well the godgasms first of all um I just I I always think of what Maud would feel if she heard that they were described as godgasms she'd be like (laughs) no how dare you um but those just kind of um those just kind of made sense in terms of that she was so kind of repressed and bound and tight that as soon as she kind of lets go even a little bit it's kind of it's complete ecstasy and things but also um um the makeup designer Jaquetta all around her room had all these pictures of um of female saints and things and loads of them just oh these flushed cheeks and they just look like they're in ecstasy so that was kind of inspired by that um the levitation um that was just such a fun day because it was just it well, it was just yeah give us everything <laughs> like yeah um and the levitation I was kind of on this big pump that was kind of taking me up into the sky and bringing me back down and but we realized we couldn't um get all the shots of like limbs and stuff coming off the floor like that so um mm-hmm. basically Rose was like does anyone have a scarf and everyone who had a scarf came and tied it around a different limb and then I got lifted up by various <laughs> members of the crew and then the nails um so we had this guy called Barris who did all these practical effects, which I'd kind of never worked with practical effects really. And it was so brilliant to have that because I think if I'd been told, oh, imagine a pint glass is swirling, I, I fear I would have been like, like given this huge reaction to it. So it was really nice to have them. And um, yeah, with the nails, it was um, this special material he'd found that he would heat up with a hairdryer um, so then they'd become soft for about 30 seconds. So you could actually stand on them and feel some impact, but obviously not pain, which right. kind of was just so helpful in terms of the performance. 
but also it meant like as soon as they were heated up, it was like, please go, 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 go. <laughs> she's going to impale herself. That's absolutely terrifying. I would have been so scared every time they uh, they called yeah. camera on that. Yeah. Um, did you research any uh, historical saints for this in general? Because obviously the levitating is, uh, I suppose, is Teresa, or not Teresa, yeah, I guess. Mm. She's the levitator and just like a lot of the self-flagellation kind of weird things that the Catholic Church is like, oh, this is cool. They're saints that if we yeah. see someone like you do them, it's like. Yeah. I've felt that Maud's religion was very much of her own creation in that that's also one of the reasons that we don't see her go to church and stuff, which maybe would have been possibly quite good for her to find a little <laughs> community. Um, so it was kind of more that I would kind of, as soon as I got cast, I just started talking about religion with lots of people. And then little bits would kind of stick. Um, but I, I felt that, I felt that the, one of the big kind of roots in for me was the like, the self-harm aspect that kind of, you're growing, you're a person who's been kind of told by society that you're not worthy of love and you're not good enough. And so you have this desire to kind of, take away these bits of yourself that seem unworthy. Um, so it's like trigger warning, not be a nice conversation. Um, that's so fun. But um, it was kind of, if you've been doing this, punishing this body that hasn't served you well and hasn't been accepted, to then see that that could be celebrated and seen as kind of holy and brave and courageous, that just that to me felt like that was the bit that had got her into religion was making sense of this desire to to punish herself physically and mentally hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, it's... um. 
it's it's a tragic character and i was surprised to see that the ending is debated i know uh the director said mm. that she thinks it's pretty unambiguous but obviously there's a lot of um back and forth on that what does the ending mean to you so when i watch horrors my joy in it is finding like what it's representing in kind of a reality without the supernatural mm -hmm. um and then one of my best friends watches horrors completely differently so when we watch them together it's like no so i see it very much as kind of exactly what happened last split second is <laughs> yeah. yeah but then um I, we, we had a screening in um new zealand um where people could actually come to the screening which was quite amazing and um this guy afterwards was just like oh and that moment you know where she's kind of the flames are around her and she's looking so happy and you're like oh she's ascending and then that split second you're like oh no she's burning in hell and I was like no wow. no <laughs> <laughs> I thought of that um so yeah um it's I think with kind of when I when I when I'm filming something there was no ambiguity with what was going on in that like what's happening was happening to Maud and that's what Maud's reality was and um it's been wonderful actually kind of hearing how differently people view it and also kind of not saying that Rose hasn't created a clever film but you know when it's just like where people put even more cleverness to it yeah. by their own ideas and like oh nice yeah <laughs> And then uh, one other thing I was curious about is uh, she speaks Welsh at the end. Yes. Uh, tell me about that. Um, so kind of going back to that Rose kind of allowed me to kind of create whatever backstory I wanted. Um, we decided that I keep my own accent. Um, and then Rose just heard me speaking Welsh on the phone to my sister which I always do on set because it's usually me being like, I don't know what I'm doing, help. <laughs> and, conversation. Um, and she was like, hey, um, I think I heard you speaking Welsh. And I was thinking that God could be Welsh. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then kind of she walked away and I was like, that's so cool because I went to Welsh language school and the only times I've said prayers has been in Welsh. And so then that kind of like added another level of the story of like, her having gone to Welsh language school and then not speaking that language really anymore apart from in this and that, that was kind of another level of disconnect from something she'd once known and also just Welsh like Welsh even English people I think just don't know that much about Welsh and it does yeah. sound like mythical and magical so I was really glad for it to be, be used in that way. And God speaks Welsh in it to her right? Yeah. Yeah. I yes. That was so that's my voice lowered. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what was probably the hardest moment in the film for you to pull off? I think it was probably that final scene between Amanda and Maud, where Maud's faith is kind of faltering and crumbling. And you kind of see her at her most kind of pitiful and tragic that to me it kind of emotionally and in terms of like making sure that this is the moment where you really kind of I wanted the audience to want to care for her in that point um that felt like I felt a big responsibility to make sure that that came across um and also just just you had these two women just suffering but not yeah. being able to cradle each other was just kind of just sad 
yeah so I think that was as well that was I mean that was the most challenging and by this point also like we did it chronologically so we so me and Jennifer so wanted different outcomes for both our characters Mm -hmm. that is sad yeah I I liked that you um you know you you compare it to some of the movies of like a descent into madness and um they they play the character as just batshit insane from the start but you made Maud sympathetic and not completely lost at the start so I, I thought that was a nice mm-hmm. touch you added oh good I'm glad <laughs> well that's I think about all the time we have for questions so uh thank you so much for taking the time I thank really you. loved your performance and I can't wait to see quite a bit more of you in the future as I'm sure we will thank you and have a good rest of the day Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with Morfid Clark for St. Maud here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Morfid is currently nominated for the BAFTA Rising Star Award and can be voted on by anyone in the general public. Please see a link for that in the show notes down below. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.